Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of our Blimey Cast. In this episode, we are going to have our first speaking practice, our first speaking mock test, right? You get the chance to learn some advanced vocabulary here and also new expressions for you to use and you get the chance to practice your skills because what I'm going to do, as I will explain to you in a bit, is to give you some questions, some real questions from the IELTS exam, right? Like that, you could get the chance to practice and to improve your skills. This episode is also going to be available on YouTube and on Instagram via my profile, Blimey English. So without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to Blimey Cast. For more information, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English. Hey, hello everybody, welcome to another video and this one is going to be a bit different because what I'm going to do is to analyze some questions of the test, some questions of the IELTS test and you will get the chance to answer them as if it was a test, a mock test, right? The way it works is this. First, I will give you some related vocabulary for the topic we are going to talk about. So then you can have food for your thoughts. And then I will give you some advanced words so you can eventually be able to use them all. And then we are going to see some part one, part two and part three questions, right? I will give you time to answer the questions of each part as if it was a test, right? I would be just here marking the time and giving you enough time to answer, right? And for those listening to the podcast, Blimey Cast, of course, you cannot see the questions, at least if you're not listening and watching the video, but I will give you time so you can answer the questions, right? It is not good for you to stop and listen to it again because the intention of it is to be as much close as possible to the real test situation, right? So, and this is what I call a blimey test, right? This is going to be our first blimey test. It's an opportunity for you to get to know the test and to get to know the types of questions that you will receive in the test. But I need to say, and I say this to you in the kindest possible spirit. This is just a tiny bit of what you need to do. Yes, that's true. For example, the first thing you need to do when preparing and when taking the IELTS test is to do what needs to be done. You need to do what you are required to do. Yes, that's it, because otherwise you would just go to the test and start talking and talking and talking. You could even think, oh, I know English, I know how to speak English, I could, I'm going there and master it. No, that's not how it happens, because even natives, they're not likely to get good marks, great marks, if they don't know what is expected from them, right? That's the thing, that's the thing. So you need to do what is expected from you here in this test. And a good start for you in this subject is to watch the video 
of the eight Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu principles applied to the IELTS test because there I analyze some principles that a fighter needs to have in order to improve his abilities on Jiu-Jitsu, right? So, for example, the first one that I analyzed there was that they need techniques, not strength. As a Jiu-Jitsu fighter, here, if you are a white belt, an IELTS white belt, that means a person that's just taking IELTS for the very first time, you might be thinking that you just need to talk and talk and talk because it's a speaking test, right? They're going to analyze your talking, but that's not how it works. You need to know all the techniques to apply in each part of the test so you can get higher marks. That's the thing. It's not worth it for you and it's simply time wasting for you to go there and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk because you need to know the ins and outs of it. You need to know the details of it, right? Another thing is that, as I said there in that video, you should be focused on what we call the lever magic. So lever is a board, right? A point of pivot that we use to apply pressure or weight in one side in order to move something heavy in the other side. The principle here is, to use your strongest skill even when you are required to use your weakest. Yes, that's it. You need to know how to talk about something that you don't know or when you need to talk about something that is not familiar to you, when you need to talk about something that you're not acquainted with, but you need to do, right? So you need to know how to use your weakest strength your weakest ability, I mean, to deliver a reasonable answer. That's the thing. And in order to do that, you need to practice, practice, practice and practice. And this that we are going to do today in this blimey test is just a bit of it, right? Of course, I will not give you my feedback here because first, I'm not hearing you. I'm not listening to your answers when I'm posing the questions. And secondly, because that is something that I do during my classes with my students, right? So if you are preparing for IELTS and want to receive a feedback, then consider booking a class with me, right? And another thing that I want to say is that I'm preparing a course to teach. Right, I'm preparing an online course and that would be exclusively about the speaking components of the test. Right? It's going to be huge and it's going to have loads and loads of meaningful and relevant content all about the speaking part of the test where I teach all the techniques you need to know in order to get higher marks. Right? But that's enough for now. Let's get started. So. In our blimey test today, let's see some related vocabulary first, right? To the topic we are going to talk about. So the first related vocabulary is that a heavy heart. If you have a heavy heart, you have a feeling of unhappiness, right? You can also say heavy hearted. I was feeling heavy hearted. Probably you are sad 
because of something that happens to you. And this is another way to say that, right? Because it's the IELTS test is also about finding new ways to say something that is quite common, right? So instead of saying, oh, I was so sad at that time, you can say, um, I was heavy hearted that time. I was feeling with a heavy heart, right? And of course we have the the other expression, light hearted. And light hearted would be something that is quite enjoyable, right? An activity that is light and enjoyable. Let's go see the next one. Conscience stricken. Conscience stricken. Can you repeat that? Conscience stricken. Yeah, that's it. Conscience stricken is when you're feeling very sorry for something that you have done wrong. I'll give you one example. Let's say that last weekend you said something rude to someone, right? To a um, relative, for example, a member of your family. And now you're feeling bad because of that. So you can say that now you're feeling conscience stricken because of that. Okay? Let's go see the next one. Opportunistic. Opportunistic. And that would be simply someone who sees a chance of doing something and then takes advantage over someone else, right? That would be an opportunistic person. Do you know someone like that? I know. I'm, no, I'm sure you know too because life is just like that, right? Okay, let's see some advanced words now. And the first one I've got to you. So here's the thing. The, the advanced words are here just for you to keep them in mind, to learn them, and eventually be able to use, right? If you can, you can try practicing them in this class because I will give you time to answer the questions, right? But this is not mandatory. You could just learn them and keep them in your heart, in your mind, so then eventually you'll be able to use them, all right? Let's see the first advanced word. Desolation. Desolation. Mind the pronunciation here is not desolation, it's not like a Z sound, it's desolation, right? And desolation is the state of a place that is empty or where everything has been destroyed. So when you're describing a situation in which you feel that you don't have anything else to do, you, there's nothing else you could do or someone else could do to improve it or to get better or to fix it, you're describing the feeling of desolation, right? And just for you to know, desolation would be the noun and the adjective would be desolate. Not desolated, desolate, all right? The next advanced word is that, despondent, despondent. If you're feeling despondent, you're feeling without enthusiasm to do something. You might be just lying on your bed, you're just sitting on the sofa and not really wanting to do something. You're feeling despondent without enthusiasm, right? And just for you to know again, despondent would be the adjective and despondency would be the noun. Despondency. Okay, let's go see the next advanced word. Gloominess. Gloominess. And gloominess is the state of being unhappy or without hope. 
this word, you, we see this quite a lot in horror films and suspense movies because that's the state of a house, for example, in which the characters would enter and they would feel that atmosphere hopeless and a bit dark, right? So that would be the feeling of gloomness when it's a bit dark and you feel a bit distressed. You could be, feel a bit distressed. So that would be the feeling of gloominess, right? And gloominess would be the noun and the adjective is gloomy. The next advanced word is joylessness. Joylessness. And joylessness is the quality of showing or involving no happiness at all, right? That's the thing. When you want to describe the feeling of not the slightest trait or ray of happiness, you're describing joylessness, right? Joylessness. And joylessness is the noun, and the adjective would simply be joyless. Joyless, right? Okay, those were quite negative words, right? Let's see some positive ones, right? And the first one is joyful. So joyful is the quality of being enjoying an activity. It's the opposite of the previous one, right? So joyful is an activity that makes you feel uh, lighthearted. You are liking it. You are enjoying it, right? That would be a joyful activity, a joyful film, a joyful friendship, right? The next one is jubilant. Jubilant. That's quite a good word. And jubilant means great pleasure, right? So again, as I said, it's all about, not all about, but a considerable part of the IELTS test is about finding new ways to say common feelings, to describe common situations, right? For example, someone comes to you and say, hello, how are you today? And instead of saying, oh, I'm fine, thanks. No, say, I'm jubilant, right? I'm feeling a great pleasure today. Be positive, right? And just let me say something to you here. Just a quick interruption here. There is a difference between being positive and being optimistic, right? So an optimistic person would be someone who is always expecting something to happen, who would be always waiting for something good to happen. They would probably be like, be like that. Oh, everything's going to be right. Oh, I don't need to worry. Everything's going to be right. Everything's going to be okay. But they are only hoping. They are only expecting that everything is going to be all right, right? They are, they are always thinking that everything is good. And matter of fact, life is not like that, right? Now, the positive person is different. A positive person knows that sometimes bad things happen, but there is always something to be done about it. See the difference? A positive person it's not always hoping for the best, but a positive person always has something to do about it. Is always sure that something can be done about it. That's a thing. 
So are you a positive person or are you an optimistic person? I'm not optimistic. I'm positive. I'm positive. And when you're positive, you start moving on. You do, you do things instead of just being there waiting for things to happen. Right? Okay. I'm sorry for this interruption. I just felt like I had to tell you this. Right? Okay. Let's move on. The next word is jubilation. So here's the thing. Jubilant is the adjective and jubilation is the noun. Jubilation means a feeling of great pleasure, right? Let's go see the other one. Exultation. Exultation. Exultation is a feeling of high excitement, right? And that would be the noun. The adjective would be exultant. Exultant. That's it. Let's go see the next advanced word triumphant triumphant if you're feeling triumphant you're feeling a sensation of accomplishment that's a very nice word for example i am pretty sure i'm certain that on the day you get your ielts result you would be feeling triumphant right at least it's all we always want right but that's it triumphant let's go see the next one exhilaration exhilaration and exhilaration means great excitement not only excitement but great excitement and before explaining the rest of the phrase for you let me tell you one example and this is going probably to be the best example ever to like game of thrones right i hope you like it because i simply love it so here's the thing and this is no spoiler because it happened in the first episode of the first season. Okay, so do you remember King Ned King? Do you remember King Robert Baratheon? And do you remember that he came to Winterfell to ask Ned Stark to be his hand, the hand of the king? Do you remember that? Good. So there was a time when King Robert was there at Winterfell. Then they decided to go for a hunt. They decided to hunt. Right? And Ned Stark was feeling a bit despondent. Ned Stark was feeling a bit without enthusiasm for it. He didn't want to go. That's the thing. But King Robert said, Come on, Ned. Let's do it. It's exhilarating. That was the expression he used. So, exhilarating is something that makes you feel exhilarated. Again, exhilaration is the noun great excitement and exhilarating is something that makes you feel exhilarated all right okay i think that's it for the advanced words let me see here okay we can go to the questions now and again i will give you some time to answer the questions right so i'll be here i will just keep myself silent and waiting a reasonable time for you to answer the question, all right? So take this as a mock test or as a simulation of the test, right? That, that's your opportunity to practice. Not only those words I taught you, but your full range and abilities, okay? Of course, I told you I'm not giving you feedback here because that's something that I do 
in my classes, right? And I'm not also teaching you the techniques for each part, the techniques that are going to get you to another level, because that is something that I only do to my students and in my online course that I'm still preparing, right? Okay, so let's go see the first question here. When was the last time you were alone? And what do you like to do when you are alone? Mm -hmm. And Tell me, would you like to have more time alone? And is it important to have some time alone? Okay, and that's the end of part one. How was it? Was it hard? Was it easy? Here's the thing. Those questions are real questions from the exams, right? Those questions are reported by students right? who've been taking the IELTS in the past, right? Let's get now to part two question. I will give you some time to prepare and then I will require to start talking for a period of time, all right? And then I will interrupt you. Okay, part two question. Describe someone you've never met before but would like to. You should say who this person is, how did you know about this person, and why would you like to know more about this person? You can prepare now. You have one minute for it. I'll give you one minute.
alright, you can stop preparing, you can stop taking your notes if you're taking notes. And could you please start talking? Thank you. You can stop talking. How was it? Do you think it was hard? Was it? So here's the thing. If you think that was hard, then it was. If you think that was hard, then it definitely was. Right? Because again, as I said, you need to know what to do here. That should be the first thing you should learn when preparing for IELTS. You need to know what you need to do, right? That's the thing. Definitely, you should you should need to know that. You should need to learn that. That's it. Okay, let's go to some part three questions. And the first one is, what kinds of people do you like to be friends with? And do you prefer to expand your social cycle or be friends with a small group of people?
And do you think friendship affects our personality? How? And which do you think is more relevant, to have many friends or just a few? Okay, and that's the end of part three. That's the end of it. That's the end of our blimey test. How was it? What did you find of it? Was it hard? Was it easy? So I think this is a great opportunity for you to practice, right? You can always come back here and practice with these questions I asked you, right? Each time you can prepare yourself differently, giving a different answer, right? I hope you have enjoyed this and this is time for me to go now. I'll see you in the next videos. Cheers! You've listened to Blimey Cast. For more information, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English.